Welcome to the Engineering Emotions and Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Wink. Today, we're going to be talking about the four different perspectives and how you can use them to your advantage to get out of life what you want. Uh, this is something that i uh, definitely using myself as part of my uh, get over the quarantine 15, my journey to NSNG. So I'm going to go over the four perspectives. And at the end, I'm going to share a story that explains why it's really important to take all these into account and get everyone on the same page before you begin any type of uh, communicating to a mass audience, which could just mean more than one person. Um, this, This is a warning for those of you that are carnivores and, you know, purely eat meat and animal products only. It does involve tossing salad. So I do want to, you know, put that out there just the beginning, but that's, that story is going to be at the end. So I do want to give an update on how it's going with the, the NSNG. So this past week was, uh, even more, uh, aligned with the principles of no sugar, no grains eating NSNG, um, that I, that I love to follow from, uh, Vinnie Tordrich at vinnytordrich.com. So, uh, this week there's no, no real FACO keto stuff at all. So no sugars, you know, so, you know, if I'm drinking something, it's usually just the, what it is. So coffee's coffee. And if I'm adding a creamer, I'm making sure that it's a pretty much as much a natural creamer as possible with no snuck in sugars or even artificial sweeteners in there. Um, no, no potatoes, no grains, no pastas. So keeping it really much to solid foods of, you know, natural whole foods where the ingredient is what the ingredient is. Uh, you know, good, good example would be, uh, haven't had them yet, but going to be eating scallops. So if you look on a package of scallops and you look at the ingredients, it says scallops. That is ideal. You know, you want to, if it is packaged, you look at the package of asparagus, the ingredient should be asparagus. That's that's the ideal. If it requires an advanced degree in biology and 14 minutes to get through the list of items, it might not be something you want to put in your body. So come along with that and even went out to eat and made some good choices. So that's coming along. So again, if you missed that uh, episode a couple weeks ago on installing habits, I really recommend go back, join us, and you know, curious what habit you're going to install. And this concept of what's your perspective can be really helpful in sort of shifting those habits as well. So you might be asking, well, what, what are the four habits? So there's the I habit or bleh. there's the I perspective, which is it's, it's from my shoes. There's the you perspective, which is from your shoes. And then there's the observer perspective, which is, well, what if a third party was watching this interaction between you and me? And then there's this global perspective where you zoom out and take a look at everything, not just, you know, from the standpoint of the interaction, but in the standpoint of, you know, all the other people on the planet from, you know, beginning of history to, you know, way out in the future, a truly global perspective about the interaction. So I'm going to go each and over every one of these. I created a fun, fun little uh, graphic uh, that I'll be posting to to Facebook that you can check this out. So the I perspective, it's really all all about me. It's you know how how do I feel about this? How do I see this? How does it how does it look to me? Right? 
Um, and this is one of those perspectives that we'll often get in, like being in a, in a funk, like, woe is me. Why are they doing it to me? Like, do they not understand how hard it is for me? Do they not see what troubles I've gone through? So I know I, I can get very much into this when I'm like in a mopey down bummer sort of mood. And, um, but what's interesting is that this is often not the perspective that we use when we are trying to establish a new habit. It's very much we get into the global perspective, and I'll sort of explain that a little later. Um, then there's the you perspective, which is where I'm trying to identify, you know, how you're taking in the information that I'm providing you. You know, what's what are your feelings about what's going on? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? And as someone who grew up in an alcoholic home, I am really good at getting into this you perspective because it was a very, very useful tool growing up to be aware like, hey, uh, oh, is, is someone a little upset? Is this upsetting someone? Like, oh, did that last thing that I said, was that, is that causing some discomfort, which could lead to anger, which could lead to an outburst? Uh, so this, you know, this is one of those that I can be very, very good at it. Um, and other people are horrible at it. So just, just last week was in a, a work meeting. It was a working group and there are actually two individuals that they are all in their eye, all in their eye perspective, um, almost to a detriment that this workshop, there was uh, information set out, uh, prereqs. Uh, it was a, a step-by-step process. So you could not, you could read it, but then during the workshop, uh, the, an indiv- the individual running it was going through and going, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. And these individuals were so into their eye, so into their, that, you know, we're on like step 10 and all of a sudden someone goes, um, I'm not able to, you know, uh, I'm not able to get that, that working and turned out they didn't even, they hadn't done step two. Um, you know, which was like, check that you have access to the thing you need access to, to get this thing right. And I, I called, I called these people out on it. I said, Hey, you're, you're not following the written instructions that were provided. You're not even listening to the verbal instructions and you're not watching. So if you're, if you're not, if you're not going to be listening, you know, watching, reading any of this, and you're just turning this into your own sort of personal, you know, one-on-one trainings, I find that very rude because there's multiple other people on here trying to, you know, work these steps and get assistance with that. And this is, this is how I knew that this, that one of these individuals was so in their eye that they just could not comprehend that, you know, there's other people on there. And to think about that before they, they speak, you know, they said, I am not being rude. Now just, just think about that for a moment that, I, I said, your behavior is, being, is very rude. And this person said, like, I am not being rude. But what, what, is, what is rudeness? Rudeness is the perceived, uh, it's what others perceive about your behavior. So really, me feeling like I'm being rude or not is irrelevant. When someone feels that the behavior is rude, they feel that behavior is rude, period, end of story. Now, you don't have to change your behavior, but... That person's perspective that you are being rude is that person's perspective. It doesn't, your intention does not matter. I'm being like, you know, a drunken person stumbling home that takes a piss on somebody's doorknob. They're 
they're just relieving themselves. They're not intending to be rude, possibly. You might call them like, hey, what are you doing? That's rude. They're like, I just had to go, man. Sorry, I had to go. Uh, but probably all of you would listen and go like, that's rude behavior. So uh, to identify that we are being rude in our actions requires that you perspective. Um, and this this you perspective is going to be key in any type of communication to make sure that it lands. Because if all you're worrying about is how you feel about delivering it and you're not checking in, is this landing, is this person getting it? It's like you're, you're wasting a bunch of people's time. So that's the you perspective. Then we get to the, the observer, um, the outside observer, which is a fantastic tool to sort of do gameplay analysis of anything that might be going on in your life to sort of take the emotion out of it. Because when we're when we're in the eye, we have full sense of our own of our own emotions. The you, we can often try to you know be empathetic. The observer is most useful in stripping away that emotional content and looking at just you know what are the facts. Let's report. Let's let's report just the information. So good example of this is um, you know two people are in an argument. It's great when there's an outside observer that can actually go like, well, this is what person A said. This is what person B said. Then back and forth, these were the items that were said. And it can be also be even more helpful than, you know, not make any judgments. To me, the observer is a judgment-free type of perspective. It's, there's neither good nor bad. Um, it's you get the facts out on the table and then, hey, is this behavior effective or ineffective given what you're trying to accomplish? So a lot of meditative practices are actually cultivating this observer perspective with our own thoughts, with our own minds. Just sort of that, you know, I am not my thoughts. I am the one listening to this thought. I am the one observing this thought. I am the one noticing this emotion. Um, I am observing this emotion, yet I am not necessarily the one feeling the emotion. This emotion is being felt in the body of of this person, but I'm not necessarily that emotion. So it can really allow us to detach from, you know, very intense I or you perspectives and get that outside view, right? And then moving to the the global perspective, which is, hey, we're going to take a look at this in not not just the here and the now, but what about of all the interactions going on in the world, what about all the interactions that have happened, you know, from the past thousand years? And what about, you know, looking forward to a hundred years, you know, how important is this interaction right now? And this is where a lot of our habit changes go wrong is when we want to start a new habit to sort of override an old habit, we often unfortunately use the global perspective and go, well, you, I don't need to go to NSNG style eating today. What's the big deal? What if I just do it? You know, tomorrow's a great day. There's lots of time and lots of other people eat this way too. It really is like not a big deal. So I'm, you know, I'm just going to have some cookies today. I'll, I'll start tomorrow. A much more helpful perspective is the I perspective and to really drill down into why now is the reason I must take action. Because if I don't change my habit now, I will continue down this road of poor eating where I have poor emotions. I'm going to 
get even worse out of shape. I'm going to start having health complications. I'm going to be an awful, annoying person to deal with. People are going to have to take care of me. I'm going to be in such a foul mood because I'm putting such foul substances in my body that eventually I will run everyone away from me. I'll be alone. I'll have to go move back in with my parents and I'll be a depressed, disgusting disappointment that no one wants to be like at all. Fuck. I guess I better start doing something now, right now, because it matters, because I don't want to feel that way. I want to be an example to other people, and this is where we can start taking it to the you perspective. I want you to see my behaviors and go, shit, if he can do it, I can do it, right? So this is where we can sort of start using these these things. And, you know, when we're trying to come up with a game plan about, you know, what what are we going to do, it's helpful to get an observer check. So when I talked about the installing habits, uh, one of the trainers that my wife worked with just had the, you know, very common practice of, hey, for one week, we are just going to see what you are doing. I I just want you, you know, no judgment. I don't want you to change what you eat. I don't want you to change what you just, just write it down. And then let's, let's look, let's check out the data. And then the data might tell you, hey, too many sugars, you know, too many grains. And then, you know, if we then utilizing that, we would put together a plan. And then to kick that plan off, that's when it's helpful to get really into that eye and make it powerful that you need to go towards that new plan and start implementing it, right? Because too often we start to go like, well, you know, this, this is a fine plan, but, you know, is it necessary to start this today? How about tomorrow? So those are the four perspectives. There's the I, my perspective, you, that's your perspective, the observer, third party, looking at it, being a little bit disconnected from the emotion of the situation, but able to see all of the facts as they are. Then there's the global perspective, which is looking at this through throughout time and uh, across multiple populations. So it's always when something's going on and it feels like maybe this isn't going the way you want to, check in. What what perspective am I currently utilizing? And if I shift my perspective to one of the other three, would I would I view this differently and thereby do something differently that's more aligned with what you truly want to get, what you really want to make happen? So that's where these four perspectives really come in handy. And now I will share my story that shows why it's important to make sure everyone's on the same page. Because not everyone has the same same backstory, and so you really want to um, get get everyone on the same page. Make sure that everyone shares the same definitions, so that everyone's actually part of the same conversation. Um, so if you're if you're able to utilize these perspectives, you might notice that you're starting to discuss something and see a look of confusion, um, or you might say something and. You're expecting one reaction, but you get a complete opposite. I had this with a, a friend uh, not too recently where uh, I, we, I, we were talking sort of about masculine and feminine, and I, I had you know, said some definitions of masculine behaviors like this, feminine behaviors like that, and she got very up, very upset. And I was like, well, what's going on? What does masculine and feminine mean, mean to you? And she had a lot of attachments from sort of recent Western culture of masculine usually being the good thing and feminine usually being the bad thing. 
which was, was not where I was coming from, but I didn't really know where she was coming from. So with that information, we were able to sort of get each of our definitions and histories on the table and sort of able to understand each other much better and have a much better conversation. So was that a, a, a small, small little dinner get together, uh, outdoor get together with, uh, some, some close, some very close friends. Um, so there's a, my wife's friend, uh, her name was Rachel and, uh, she was preparing food and it was time to get the salad going. And she goes, Oh, I need some help tossing my salad. Who, who can, who can help toss my salad? And me being who I am, I go, I didn't know it was that kind of a party. She's like, huh? What? And then Rachel's mom pipes up and I am, I am just mortified because I, I thought, uh, that that wasn't heard by anyone else, but maybe just myself and Rachel. Uh, but her mom goes like, Rachel, don't use that. Don't use that term. You say something else. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like mixing the salad. She's like, why? What's, you know, I, I, my salad needs to be tossed. I don't, I don't understand. Like what, what's wrong? I just, we need to toss the salad. And her mom's like, well, you know what that means. And she's like, no, what, what does it mean? And her mom, and I, I was like, well, there's, Either you don't know what what tossing salad means, other than mixing up a salad, um, or you know that it means something very, very, very dirty. And Rachel's mom presumes pr- proceeds to say, "Well, that's that's having sex." And I'm like, uh, "Not not not quite." And then Rachel's Rachel's boyfriend has been listening in, and he, he chimes in. Uh, uh nope. Uh, tossing salad is when you lick someone's butt, <laughs> and then Rachel looks over at me and goes like, "Wait, is that is that what it is?" And I'm like, "Yep, it's butt stuff. Tossing salad is butt stuff." And it's like, "Oh," so she proceeded to mix the salad, and um, <laughs> it ended up being a lovely, lovely dinner party. But it was just a great example to remind me that not everyone has the same history with language or experiences that I have. So whenever you're going to explain something, it's good to get everyone on the same topic. Because not everyone saw that Chris Rock routine that was in the 90s where he's explaining, you know, this the scene of uh, the Toss Salad Band in prison where he's like, yeah, when someone's new in prison, I got to make them my bitch. And I usually do that by making them toss my salad with either jelly or syrup. Because I prefer syrup. Something like that. So forever etched in my mind is the definition of tossing salad in that way. So if you're coming over to dinner, I will be mixing you salad. So hopefully you enjoyed today's story time with Justin and our overview of the four perspectives, the I, the you, the observer, and the global. So I'll get that up on Add Emotions Engineering on Facebook. So let me know, you know, what perspective have you been spending probably way too much time in lately, and what perspective would be most helpful for you? So follow us, uh, like this, give us some good uh, good vibes on uh, iTunes, you know, make sure to subscribe, rate us, and we will see you soon. Good day. Good day.